What is up? Welcome to the Course Creators Academy podcast. I'm your host, Pua, and I am so stoked to be here with you today. I am super grateful for the feedback that I got from last week's episode. Uh, And by that, I just do mean a couple of my friends messaged me and they said they were excited to try a couple of the platforms that we talked about. Uh, And I mean, this podcast is brand new. So I'm not here to fake that I have millions of downloads, but I did get a couple of messages and that was really cool. So thank you guys for sharing your feedback and that it was really useful. And if you are a new listener to the podcast, go to one episode back. It's episode four. Uh, We shared, or I shared seven. I always say we. Do you guys do that? Let me know if you do that as a solo entrepreneur. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the habit of saying we because it feels very egotistical to say I. And so it feels a little bit gentler to say we, even though I am sitting in a room by myself. So I'm going to work on that. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate the feedback. And and um, yeah, so last time we, we chatted about seven productivity tools um, that course creators can use. And really this is, these tools were very, uh, applicable to any entrepreneur or anybody who wants to get a little bit more efficient with your processes and, um, working with maybe a small team, like a project team of some sort. So check it out. It was a really, really fun to record that episode. And I'm excited today to record another similar episode with with five tools that are specific for course creators. And again, if you do presentations, if you prepare any sort of recorded content, these are going to be great tools for you as well. Uh, But, you know, I think that course creators are the people that I work with the most. And so I'm excited to share what we've found to be really useful. Um, And if you aren't familiar yet with me and what I do. I own a company called Pualena Digital Design. Pualena is my full first name, uh, but most people call me Pua. It's much easier and it doesn't get confused with Paulina, which if you write out Pualena, it definitely looks like Paulina at a quick glance because there are the same letters there. Um, so I don't hold anybody. <laughs> I don't I don't hold anything against anyone who gets my name a little bit wrong, but um, that's how you say it. And our main service, and I am saying our here instead of my, because I do have a small team that helps me to actually provide these services. Our main service is custom websites, online courses, and membership sites. And 90% of our clients are small businesses or solo entrepreneurs who are either launching for the first time or are looking to sort of redesign and level up their experience, their user experience for their online courses, their memberships, um, or maybe even just their website. And it's, it's a super fun audience to serve. I absolutely love working with entrepreneurs. I love working with course creators and really the people who are using online courses as a way to either you know, level up what they already do or create a new sort of passive stream of income or semi-passive, right? It could be creating course materials that are designed to enhance maybe a group coaching or a service-based business or even a product-based business. Like here's a quick course on how to use this product. So I, I find that this 
audiences, very innovative, very uh, resourceful, and really, really relentless in their approach to providing a solution to their audiences. And so I'm just always inspired by our clients and it's a really fun place for me to to work every day. So with that being said, I am really uh, motivated and inspired to share some tools that will help you to make your process easier, um, lighter, more joyful. And while I absolutely believe strongly in the efficiency of outsourcing the parts of your business and your process that create bottlenecks for your business and don't necessarily bring you a ton of joy. A lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, especially when you're starting out, will choose to DIY their course production. Um, you know, and, and this is something that as you sell your course or as you sell services or products and you bring more capital through, you can then outsource to hire really quality support. But I would say, you know, just see what you can do on your own for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, this is a more cost-effective way to do things, even though it may cost you some extra time and energy. But it's also really, uh, it's it's a better outsourcing. You can outsource from a better foundation when you know the process that you've gone through. And the exception is hiring an expert who probably has more experience than you do, Um you don't necessarily want to like tell them how to do their job or like micromanage their process, but you can share, you know, this is what I've done. This is what works for me. This is what I like. This is what I'm looking for. And then allow them to apply their process. But if you're doing something like hiring a VA or an assistant, um, a VA stands for virtual assistant, who is more or less carrying out tasks for you, you're going to want to be able to describe these tasks in really great detail, including your production process. So I digress. Let's get into the tools because these are, I I just, I love them all. And I actually, as I'm talking, I'm thinking of a couple more tools. So we have five that I'm advertising here on this podcast, but you may end up with six or seven. I mean, yeah. So let's get into it. So first, The first app or tool is loom.com, L-O-O-M. And there is a link in the show notes. It is an affiliate link. So feel free to use it if you wish. Um, But I absolutely love Loom. I probably use it every single day. Basically, what Loom is, is a platform that allows you to do a voice over a screen share. So it gives you some really cool options. You can have your face in a little circle. And I, for some reason, I like this circle better than like if you share your screen on Zoom and your face shows up in a square. I tend to be aesthetically more drawn to curves and circles. So from a design standpoint, I just think that visually a Loom recording looks better than like a shared screen on Zoom with the little squares. Anyway, that is so personal preference. Um, But you can share your screen and you have the option. You can have your face in the corner in in a little circle and you can actually move that around the screen. You can have an image that you upload. So we have our logo there. Some people will do a headshot. Um, in case you don't want to show your face for any reason, uh, and and you can sh- you have full control over what you share, over your audio preferences, you know what mic you're using, etc. Um, and what's super cool is 
you're provided with a link. So after you record, Loom stores your video. And if you have the free version, I believe you can have up to five minutes. And the paid version, you can have, I'm not sure if there's a limit or if there's any um, pricing tiers, but you basically are able to store your videos on the Loom platform and you are provided with a link. So you can share the link to your video. You can also download your video and people can react on your video. They can do little emoji reactions. Uh, They can comment on it and they can respond to it by sending you a video back. So we, we use this really often when we're sharing updates with our clients or if our clients are like, hey, how do you do this? We will actually get on a loom and, and walk them through it. There is a Chrome, a Google Chrome extension. So it makes it super easy. You basically just tap the extension and it, it sets it all up for you. Uh, there's also a, a desktop app. So I use that often if I'm going to share multiple applications on my desktop that's not just restricted to the one uh, browser window that I have open. And our clients will often send us looms back like, hey, I'm having a little bit of trouble. Here's what I'm working on. Can you let me know if this looks okay? So it really is a, a more dynamic way to share information than just screenshots and text in an email or in a message. Um, and it's, it's been really, really useful also for us and our clients for recording online course content because you can share your screen, you can share, maybe it's, uh, presentation slides, or if you do sort of like how to videos, maybe you have a YouTube channel and you're sharing how to edit a photo or, or, you know, anything really, anything that you want to share a screen for. So many of our clients will use Loom either in conjunction with or as the only platform to create their online course content. I use Loom pretty exclusively for the tutorials that we do for YouTube. Um, What I'll do is in the introduction, uh, I will expand my face, (laughs) the little bubble, so you you can change the size of it. So I'll make it as big as I can and I'll put it right in the middle and sort of do an introduction with the background being the screen share of whatever it is I'm talking about. And then I'll reduce the size of my face bubble (laughs) and I'll move it to a corner so I can continue with the the tutorial. But people still get to see your face and it adds that that really nice human connection and and human aspect to the video. So check it out, loom.com. There is a link in the show notes. Number two. So I am going to share a few options for these. So the number two is, is again, video focused. And this is if you are editing your, your video content. I really like to try to do things in just like one shot and one take, even with this podcast, like, let's just be efficient. Let's not let perfection be the enemy of done. Let us just get the content to the people who need it. However, I do want to make sure that that content is high quality. I want to make sure the user experience is excellent. And if that means that they need to or that we need to edit certain things, so be it. Let's do it. I am also a really big proponent of using the tools and resources that you have at your disposal right now to take action. And if anybody out there is sort of sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do my course and I'm going to, I I have all these big plans. I even have my curriculum all set out. 
but I'm just waiting on my microphone from Amazon and I'm going to order a nice camera um, and then I'm going to purchase some, you know, maybe I'm going to get a subscription to the Adobe suite so that I can edit everything really nicely. And so, you know, I'm just going to wait until I have some money for that. No, do it now. You have the tools that you need. If you don't have editing software, there's free or very inexpensive editing software online. However, most people that use the Apple suite of products have access to iMovie. And there's iMovie on your computer, on your phone, on your iPad. iMovie is super basic. It is frustratingly simple sometimes. Like there are things that... You just can't customize, and that is frustrating for people. However, you can edit video. You can edit in audio tracks. You can bring in still shots. You can do titles. You can do transitions. People have created incredible, incredible things in iMovie. And iMovie has been all I've ever needed to create my course content. Yes, you can totally up-level to the Adobe Suite, um, I, Adobe Premiere, I think, is the video editor that is like very, very, very robust. Everything is customizable to the point where it's extremely overwhelming and you're going to spend a lot of time watching YouTube tutorials. Unless you, you know, this is your world, then by all means, go ahead. Um, but for me, I had to watch tutorial after tutorial to get it to do what I wanted. And it, you can do a lot. You can do so, so much with it. But I would say if, you know, you're you're moving from, iMovie to the next step. Final Cut Pro is actually probably going to be more in alignment with what you're used to and provide the customizability and the the additional features that you might be looking for that iMovie lacks. Unfortunately, I am a super hardcore Apple user, so I am not familiar with what Windows has to offer in terms of free or um, cost-effective editing software, but I know that it's out there. I can only imagine that that there, you have a lot of tools at your disposal. If you're listening to this and you do know of anything that we can recommend to our PC users, definitely let me know. Shoot me a message. Leave me a comment. Um, I'd love to include that here in the show notes. All right. So for audio, I am going to recommend what I'm currently using right now to record this podcast. And again, this is for Apple users. I use GarageBand, which is free and it has been on every computer, every laptop I've bought since like 2004. <laughs> and it's something that like when I when when they first added GarageBand to computers and I went to college and I had my little it was a super fat it was like I had maybe an inch and a half thick little um maybe it was like a 12 inch uh, laptop. It was, it was like a brick and I had stickers all over it. I think I may still have it and I don't know where it is, but there was GarageBand on it. And I remember using it every time I would get on the airplane. So I would fly to fly home or I would fly to, you know, different, different locations. And I would play with GarageBand on the plane because there was obviously no Wi-Fi on the plane back then. And, you know, my, my little computer's battery would die after, I don't know, an hour, but, um, it was really fun and you would kind of put together these these bits of music. And I I grew up with music. I grew up playing piano and violin and ukulele. So I, I have like a very basic understanding of music. So I would like pull drum beats in and I would pull in like, yeah, anyway, it was like really bush league. <laughs> but it was 
was really fun. And I don't think I had touched it for like 10 years after that. I just had it on my computer and I considered deleting it because it was taking up space. And then I launched this podcast and I was like, well, what am I going to use to do the audio? Because I just, I don't want to spend money on an audio software at this moment. And I opened GarageBand and then I started Googling and YouTubing how to create a podcast in GarageBand. And I am so super happy to share my process with anybody who's interested. It's really easy. Um, I also went on pixabay.com and I grabbed some royalty-free music for my intro and outro, which is a great resource across the board, actually, for any stock video, stock photos. There, it's Everything's free and it's all royalty-free. So you're, you're open and welcome to use it without having any repercussions um, for copyright infringement. So that's, that's what I did. And if you're doing audio content, if your course is audio, is audio based or you're doing a podcast or something like that, use, use GarageBand if you have it. It's free. It's really cool. Um, I'm really happy with it. Again, I only understand like the most basic parts of it, but it's enough. It works for me and it's, it came with my computer, you know, again, if you are a Windows or PC user, let me know what is available to you. I would really love to be able to give our, our Windows people some recommendations. With that being said, I think if you're doing recorded screen shares, you can do that in QuickTime, which is a, I believe, a Windows and a Mac. It it operates on Windows and Mac. Um, It doesn't have your face in there, but you can, you know, set up an audio track where you record in through a mic um, and do a, a, a good high quality screen recording with that as well. Okay, so most people who are doing online courses... And again, if this is not you, don't think that you have to do this in order to launch your course. But a lot of people like to supplement their course with slides. And I do really like this because I am a big proponent of accessibility. So um, if you aren't including like a transcript of your audio, either in the form of subtitles or in the text of your course, having slides to to bring a visual element um, and a lot of people are visual learners as well i really like when people will bring slides into their course creation if it makes sense for you so a slide i think for this one like use what you're comfortable with a lot of us grew up using powerpoint and if that's where you feel really good keep using powerpoint for sure um, same with keynote keynote has some i again Apple user. And I, I was a PowerPoint girl for a long time and I didn't really give Keynote a good chance because I just didn't really, I was familiar with PowerPoint and that's, that's just where I wanted to stay. And then I met a couple of friends who, uh, own a business where they actually create PowerPoint presentations for corporate clients and they do absolutely phenomenal work, tons of animations and it's just really, really polished and professional and they use Keynote. And so I actually learned a ton from them and I use Keynote to actually create like animated um, intro, outro videos for my YouTube channel. And I have a a YouTube tutorial on that that you're welcome to, I I, I might drop it here in the show notes, but 
Keynote can do quite a bit and it's actually just a really fun platform. So I have been a big proponent of Keynote for slides for a long time. And I recently also used the Canva slide presentation feature and I really enjoyed it and I did it for a live summit. So if you're doing it for course creation or course content and you're sharing your screen, that's not something that I've tried yet with Canva. So if you have tried that, let me know how it works for you but I really loved creating a a slide presentation in Canva for a live event. It it actually was a a really cool platform. I also have heard of a lot, a lot, a lot of other platforms that provide like really unique user experience features. Um, I can't remember the name of one that was really popular when I was in college, but it was like, it was based on the transitions. So you would like, visually you would go like along these curves to get to the next slide or to get to the next bit of information. Um, oh gosh, I wish I could remember it. It was really cool. I'm sure I'll remember it in like two hours from now. Um, but there's a lot of, of options out there for slides. And again, if this is something that you're like, oh, I didn't even consider slides. I was ready to go. And now I think I have to make slides. Don't do it. Record, take the action, get your content out there, do slides on the next round, right? Or don't like re-record your course if you didn't put slides in it already. Okay, the last thing on my list is a platform that I live in that like 98% of our clients are on. And it is a platform that I love, love, love with all of my heart. And this is Kajabi. So There are a bucojillion ways that you can deliver online course content. People have done it. And like, if you're, if you're going all like super free or low cost, I know people who have done entire course experiences in Facebook groups and the content all goes like they go live in the group where they upload videos and there's like a downloads or a files area where you can host all of the the downloads and, and things that you use to supplement your course content and exercises. So that is totally an option. And I've seen people do it really successfully. And then when they're ready for that next level, they go into a course creation platform. There are also a ton of course creation platforms you can use. There's, um, there are, so I'm sure you've heard of Udemy or Skillshare. Um, and these are platforms that you basically submit your content to, and then they take a percentage of the profits, but then they, they help you to promote it and they sell it to their audience. So you're basically, um, hosting your course content on somebody else's platform, which is an option. You can also sign up for your own platform. So Aside from Kajabi there, the some of the common ones are um, Thinkific, Teachable. Um, there's uh, New Zendler, I think. Is that? I don't know if I'm saying that right. That is one that I recently heard of. ClickFunnels can do online courses and ClickFunnels 2.0 apparently is going to be like really, really great at hosting courses and websites and having sort of a all-in-one offer. Um, but Kajabi is really the all-in-one platform that I use myself, that I recommend to everybody that I know that all of our clients are on. Um, We do find a lot of our clients in the uh, Kajabi Facebook group that is just for people who are already on and using the platform. It's an amazing, amazing community of support. And aside from being 
a really robust platform that does everything that we need it to do. I am really, really drawn to the company culture that Kajabi has nurtured and the community that Kajabi nurtures. They are so client and customer focused. They listen to our requests and our struggles and they, they do development cycles, I believe every three months or so. And so many things that, that you know we request that would be really useful to include on the platform, they include in these development cycles and they, they spend a lot of resources making it happen. And you know they're very responsive. They have a huge team that supports everybody in this Facebook group. They have a great support ticket platform. It's just, it, you feel incredibly supported in, in all ways on that platform. And so if you're looking for a place to host your course or your membership or your website, and also have a pretty good CRM email manager, uh, payment gateway, what else does it do? Oh, you can do podcasting now. You can do one-on-one coaching with like really cool scheduling and follow-up features. It's And it gets better every day. I, I can't recommend this platform enough. Um, and so, you know, I, I won't get into it too deeply here, but that is tool number five for course creators in 2021. I truly believe that this is one of the best places that you can host your course. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions or if you want to jump on a call and I can walk you through and do like a demo with you. I love doing that. I do that all the time. So yeah, that is, that is my list of five tools for course creators in 2021. So I would love to know if you are using any of these tools or if you use other tools that you recommend. Um, And if this inspired you to try anything, please let me know. I would love to hear it. If you're enjoying the show, I would love to read your review of the show on Apple Podcasts. Not only is that really fun, but it's also a totally free way for us to reach more ears and to just support what we're doing over here. And when I say we, I do mean we because we have a team of amazing people behind the scenes here helping to make all of this happen. Um, And I also want to just throw out there that if you aren't subscribed to our email list or following us on social media, we have a lot of really cool things coming in 2022. So I really encourage you to get connected and stay up to date with all the things that we're releasing. We're going to have a lot of great support for course creators. We're going to have more podcasts, obviously, some cool YouTube tutorials. We are also launching a Course Creators Academy, and this was going to launch in January but it is now going to launch in April and we're going to do a bunch of really fun, awesome things to promote the Academy between now and then. Um, And keep an eye out as well for the launch of our upcoming Facebook group where you can join and meet other course creators and entrepreneurs in this space, support each other, cheer each other on, and really be in the know for all things that are coming through the Course Creators Academy um, and Puelena Digital Design and everything else. We have an amazing suite of coaches. I just, I should do a whole episode on it, I think, because it's, it's becoming this really beautiful thing. And I am just really pumped to serve people in, in all these different ways. So 
Stay connected for sure. I am so grateful to have you with me here today and I can't wait to see you again. All right, talk to you soon.